You're listening to The Refined Hippie Podcast, a show all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome, friends, to another episode. I am your host, Rebecca Hinson. I'm so grateful that you are joining us today for this very exciting topic that is completely unique to the podcast. But before we jump into that, I just want to remind you that my plant-based gut guide is going out next week. April 15th is the launch date of that. So be sure to sign up for my newsletter. I will be sending out the gut guide to all newsletter subscribers So you can do that on my website, therefinedhippie.com. You can also go to my Instagram and click on the link in my bio. And there is an icon from my link tree to easily sign up for the newsletter and the gut guide there. So very exciting stuff. And that's the only announcement I have. So we are going to get into today's episode, which, as I said, is a very unique topic for the podcast. We always chat about how healing the earth is to us and how we need to heal the planet itself from human pollution, plastic, all that kind of nasty stuff that we do. But we've never discussed the importance of healing the earth spiritually or how we can communicate with nature and the earth. But we're going to chat about it today with Amy Dempster, who is an earth healing expert out in Montana, We chat with her about how she got into this line of work, which, spoiler alert, comes from some unusual encounters with hawks that led her to her spiritual awakening. We talk about how to speak with the spirits of the land. Who are the spirits of the land? What does that even mean? We discuss connecting with and tuning into the spirits and energies of the world, We discuss energy vortexes versus cities of light, healing chakras in certain areas, tree communication, ghosts, the process of crossing over, energies in buildings, and more. It is absolutely fascinating. I learned so much from our chat, and I hope you you will as well. So without further ado, here is my interview with earth healing expert, Amy Dempster. Hi, Amy. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Welcome. I am so excited. I was just, we were just chatting right before I hit record and I said that this is, this is, is fun because this is like a topic that we haven't really talked about on the podcast. Um, I've talked about obviously, uh, healing and how the earth can be healing to us. Obviously, um, nature is healing, all those kind of things. But I've never done the opposite in that the earth needs healing itself, (laughs) right? And you are an earth healing expert. Explain to me what that even means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I always laugh because I'm like, who can be an expert at this? Every day I learn something new new and say, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I do. I work with um, and in partnership with the healing energies of the earth. And so, um, you know, a lot of what I do in my work is just connecting with, you know, energetically tuning into the, um, 
the spirits, the um, en energies that are really in our space and all around us all the time. They also live on the land with us and um, they have a lot of opinions. They, <laughs> they, have, a lot of, they have a lot of information, um, a lot of knowledge and um, are really uh, anxious to work together with us, to co-create with us. And so, yeah, a lot of times it's, it's me just saying, hey, what's going on here? How, how come this place feels this way? Um, and they will fill in all the details and oftentimes have a lot of suggestions about, um, you know, if you could just help us do this, um, okay. that would really help things. And, um, you know, they don't have arms and legs and they're not uh, here incarnated on the same plane as we are. So um, we're able to do things that they aren't always able to do. Wild. So is it that like most people are kind of blocked from being able to tune into that connection? Yeah, you know, it's it's like a lot of things, right? Like, I think as children, we're much more innately connected or aware um, of these types of things. And, um, but it's just not encouraged. It's not talked about. And, yeah. you know, as time goes by, um, we kind of let it go or forget about it um, or just don't connect with it. But I think most people do know and do have, you know, I, I am always amazed at, um, you know, how many people will say, I don't know anything about that. And I, I'm not really sure I can connect, but then they know what the name of a tree in their yard is, you know, <laughs> they, they have, you know, oh yes, that's, <laughs> that's so-and-so that's in yeah, my that's backyard. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm like, yes, exactly. You know, you're making that connection, but um, it's just not something that we talk about mm -hmm. on a regular basis, which is certainly why um, I try and, you know, share as much as I do, because, um, I think we should make it normal, <laughs> make it a regular thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that just made me think of, you know, like, I mean, animals are the same way, right? They're way more in tune. They're not kind of, I'm not going to say brainwashed, but a little bit brainwashed. I mean, we, as we get older, we, we are taught that certain things aren't real or I don't know, kind of indoctrinated into um, a, a certain way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like children and animals, you know, they'll be talking to an imaginary or the kids will be talking to somebody imaginary and it's like, oh, it's just their imaginary friend. But is it? <laughs> <laughs> but is it really? Yeah. <laughs> but is it imaginary or is it like so real, but we just can't see it as adults because right. we're blinded by whatever we're, you know, taught or whatever as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. We've decided it's not true. And, and, you know, it's interesting because what you realize is every being um, living, you know, here on earth um, communicates telepathically, you know, animals do, and we communicate with our animals all the time without thinking twice about how weird that is, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, trees are the same way, plants are the same way. We're the only ones who've really created language that separates us from mm -hmm. all of these other beings. And so when we just really learn how to use that um, that skill that we have and be able to um, receive messages from plants, from trees, from mountains, from animals, uh, you know, it really opens up a whole new world to us. Yeah. Okay. Let's backtrack. How did you get here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it was a series of things over a number of years, really, because I was the same way, you know, where um, I was very uh, connected and loved nature as a child and grew up on a farm. And I think probably there were some things that were naturally happening and I just didn't think we're weird <laughs> or <Yeah>. unusual. <laughs> um, but certainly, you know, had 
gone to school, gotten a job, you know, <laughs> worked in the city, did, you yeah. know, all of those things. And it really wasn't, um, you know, part of my uh, conscious everyday awareness. And so in 2008, I started having a series of unusual experiences with hawks. And they were just coming to me in very unusual ways. They were coming very close to me. Um, and it was happening often enough in a short period of time that I just started asking questions like, what is this? Or what's happening? What is there a message? Is there, you know, a family member trying to communicate with me? What is it? And, you know, what's funny, and I think most people who are, you know, on a spiritual awakening journey of some kind or another will recognize that sometimes there isn't an answer, right? It's just, it's the, it's in the questioning that we, um, open up to these things and kind of start going down these paths. And so that was really where, you know, kind of the first spark. And I started really trying to um, learn more about initially like animal communication in this way um, mm -hmm. and started meditating and, uh, you know, doing some of these things. And um, ultimately a handful of years later, um, I really received a message uh, pretty clearly that um, about pine trees and water and long story short, ended up moving to Montana <laughs> a wow. couple of months later, <laughs> uh, but really like spontaneously and, you know, didn't know anybody, wasn't really sure what was, you know, what was here for us, um, but we just took the leap and we did it. And it was shortly after moving here that I would be out walking and um, kept kind of, you know, receiving messages that I, you know, they weren't in my head, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. hearing a message or um, having information kind of come to me. And after really kind of digging into it a little bit more, I realized um, these, are the, these are the trees. The trees are talking to me. And oftentimes they were just like asking me to pick up trash or like prune a branch, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like very simple things, but um, things they can't do. Aww, and so, yeah. yeah. And, and even in that, I was like, I'm not sure I should tell anybody that I'm talking to trees. <laughs> like maybe I'll just keep this to myself for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so that was really, you know, that really took me further down the path and like, what's really going on? How much of nature can we really communicate with? And, you know, the further, uh, the further I've gone down that, down that path, obviously, so much more has opened up and so much more awareness to, you know, what's around us and in our environment all the time. Mm -hmm. What did your family think when you were, when you told them, you were like, <laughs> I have a calling to go to Montana. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's been in phases, right? Of like, yeah, <laughs> how weird they've thought things. You have to like that, start small <laughs> right? and then you build up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think my family was um, definitely open to understanding the move at the time. Um, and certainly, you know, my husband and I were both in a place where, you know, we had long commutes and we, you know, wanted, we wanted yeah. to be able to live somewhere where we had more property and it wasn't affordable where we were, you know, all of these kinds of yeah. things. So kind of logically, um, it made sense to start looking, um, somewhere else and move somewhere else. But, um, yeah, it's been a process when I first started, uh, my blog, actually, I, um, it was very anonymous. <laughs> it was a Tumblr actually to begin with. And it was just my own. It was just to keep track of what was happening because I started yeah. realizing like there's a lot of little pieces and I bet if I wrote them all down, you know, I'd really see more of a pattern and, mm. um, you know, kind of see some of these messages that are coming through. So initially I was just keeping track for my own 
purposes. And then yeah. when I transferred it to an actual blog and started sharing it, what I was finding is that a lot of other people were finding it and, you know, reaching out to me and saying, I'm having these experiences too. This is totally happening to me too. And wow. so that definitely gave me the confidence and the, you know, um, the feeling that, you know, this information needs to be out there. People are looking to, you know, explain their experiences and right. understand how to do this. And it needs, it needs to be shared more. So, mm-hmm. yeah. When, when you went to Montana, was there a particular place in Montana that was, you were drawn to? And do you know why, like, what is the reason why for that particular place? I do now, uh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so it's funny because when we, um, when we decided that we would be open to moving, uh, the way we kind of looked at it, my husband has his own business. And so for me, it was more, um, you know, I had a, a full-time job at the time that I was like, well, I just am going to look for the same job, you know, somewhere else that fits the parameters. And so, um, this, particular job came up that was exactly the job I was I was doing at the time and I just thought well I'll apply for it and we'll see and what's funny is the job was actually posted in another city a hundred miles from here and so before the interview and the initial kind of discussion we had done all this research about this other area and then Mm -hmm. we got on the phone call um, or you know the the interview call and they said oh but that's not where the job is at all. The job's a hundred miles north in this teeny tiny little town. Oh my god! And so I'm kind of like trying to be in the interview space while also like googling as fast as I can. You're like, like where, where is, is this? this <laughs> <laughs> like, what, am I, what did I sign up for? Um, and so it, we kind of had to, you know, change, um, you know, our men- our thinking around all of the research we'd done. And it was kind of funny because in retrospect, now living here, we thought you know, we've ended up exactly where we wanted to be. And, you know, the, the other place is lovely, but not quite where we probably would have wanted to be once we got here. And Mm -hmm. so it all worked out perfectly, but ultimately, um, there is, there are a series of, um, what's called cities of light around the world. And they're, um, places, energetically potent places that oftentimes people are drawn to and called to for specific types of healing or, um, work in their lives. Uh, different places kind of initiate different things in us. Mm -hmm. And, um, this is one of those places. And so I have understood as my work has unfolded and I've done more work with the land, um, you know, why, this was the place. And it's so funny because so many people that you come across in this area, they'll say, I don't know how I got here. You know, or like my car yeah. broke down here and then I never left. Or <laughs> I was driving across country and I stopped here for gas and was like, this is where I need to live. You know, like all wow. kinds of crazy stories about how people just ended up here or were drawn here or just, you know, had to come here. And yeah. so, you know, of course it's beautiful. It's a destination for a lot of people, but yeah. there is a lot of unusual stories of people who really were just like, this is where they belonged. And I think I'd probably fall into that same category. So is a city of light the same as like an energy vortex or whatever? Is that what it's called? Like a vortex? It's, yeah. Is that, it's, is that different? It's different. Yeah, yeah. It's different. It's really, um, you know, they're, Again, it's like the energies, they are energies that are coming in in um, concentrated form to these certain, <clears throat> excuse me, areas. And really, the, again, the energies are supporting something um, specific uh, in that area. So this area really supports um, 
it's a combination of things, but like the heart chakra energy, that kind of um, green <laughs> energy for sure. Um, also the energy of abundance. And so um, those are things that you kind of won't be able to help, but work on <laughs> within yourself when you're living in an area like this. Um, and, and, you know, it's not, it's not for everybody. It's not where everybody's going to be drawn, but there are different, there are certainly um, points in our lives where um, these are specific energies that will support us. And so I've met people who've lived in lots of them, you know, just spontaneously, you know, they, they look at, you know, kind of the map and say, actually, I've lived in all of these places. And so they're just things they've worked through or, you know, oh, I lived in one for my whole life, or I've never been anywhere near these places. So it's just really interesting how um, we're drawn to where our energy is needed um, for a place and also where that place's kind of medicine is needed for us. You mentioned chakras. So do some of these cities um, heal certain chakras more than others or, or how does that, how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So there's, you know, they're kind of um, connected. The land itself isn't, but just like the, again, the energy in the area is supportive to you in that way. Mm -hmm. So if you're working on, say, a lot of root chakra healing, like you might be drawn to that area to do some deeper healing um, in that area if you're doing some, and you may not be conscious of it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it might not be something that you're totally aware of, but, um, but yeah, it's like, it's supportive in our own healing in that way. But like some areas are more specific to certain chakras. Is that what, that's what I'm guessing. Yes. Like this, like yes. this place might be really good if your solar plexus is totally, you know, <laughs> out of whack or blocked or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've probably noticed that in certain places, right? Like yeah. being drawn to different areas and you just think like, oh, this place was so healing for me in this specific way. And it's like, yeah, the energy in the land very much supports that for us and yeah. um, facilitates it really. So who, who are these spirits? <laughs> in the land. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. And I like all the time I meet new ones. And I'm like, I, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> you have to start, uh, you know, recalibrating your idea of what a mythical being is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you come across things and you're like, oh, wow. That, <laughs> oh, well, really <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Um, but yeah, they are. So basically they are just um, living on another plane of existence from us. Um, but they're very much uh, real. And there are lots of different kinds. So some of the ones that I like to work with or specifically communicate, especially when I'm, um, you know, doing healing work or doing a reading, um, first of all, is the keeper of the land. And that's really a being that um, oversees an area much larger than just where your house is. It might be your whole neighborhood. It might even be your whole city, like kind of depends on the area, but, and they'll, they'll tell you or show you, you know, like, Sometimes they show me on a map, like, this is my, this is my area. Um, but they really know the lay of the land. They know what's going on there. Um, if I'm, um, again, doing a reading or a healing on a property that, um, you know, there's a neighborhood issue, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a neighbor problem or, you know, that, that one house in the neighborhood that always seems to be problematic. It's the keeper Hmm. of the land that usually knows about that, knows what's going on, can kind of fill me in about um, any any problems that are existing in the area. And they just kind of, um, again, have the big picture idea of Mm -hmm. what's going on energetically in an area and and what it needs. 
Um, after that, there's um, what I call ancestors of the land. And mm. those are um, human, formerly human, uh, formerly incarnated <laughs> uh, <laughs> beings uh, who really, usually it's indigenous um, people to that area. Mm. And they have, uh, they have crossed over um, and are like healthy uh, whole yeah. spirits. Um, they're not what you might call a ghost or, mm. you know, an earth scary, spirit. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are uh, very helpful and they have a connection to the land and they have a connection that um, in many times they're still energetically working with the land in the way that they did um, when they were human and incarnated. And so uh, they have oftentimes they're the ones that I speak with or um, ask questions to if there was trauma on the land. And, um, especially that happened long ago. And so they can um, kind of show me what happened or explain what the situation was. And um, again, oftentimes they are wanting to do ceremonies, wanting to do work, and they need uh, somebody currently embodied um, to kind of help anchor that energy, anchor that healing in. So they can do the healing on the energetic plane and then having a human involved just helps to um, kind of resolve whatever it is they're doing in their uh, ceremony in into reality here. Um, and so that's that, that group of spirits. Um, and then of course you've got trees, you've got plants, there might be fairies, there might be I, fairies, just like, yeah, all kinds <laughs> of different energies <laughs> that, um, that might be there. Yeah. And, cool. and yeah, and you might come across, um, earthbound spirits, spirits who haven't crossed over that need some assistance, um, mm. getting crossed over that type of thing. So yeah, all it's really, I always say it's like peeling back the layers when you, um, connect with a specific home or a piece of land, because oftentimes it's not one thing that's causing an issue or, mm. um, or that people are kind of energetically feeling into. So you kind of have to say, all right, what's, what's causing this? And we pull that one back and then we pull back this other layer and, you know, it all kind of comes together in a story. So the, are the tree, do the trees and the plants have, are they spirits or is that something, something different than, than the spirits of the land? If you... Yeah, it's a little, so they're kind of in the middle, right? Cause yeah. they're like us, they're incarnated here in a right. tree body, <laughs> right. but they also have um, a spirit and, yeah. um, and have a much longer, uh, view and picture of what's, uh, been happening in a certain area. Uh, they also have specific roles, many of them, you know, they, they have jobs that they're doing and they're all varied, you know, some are guardians, some are, um, helping anchor energies in, some are helping, you know, um, filter the energy in an area, you know, they have all kinds of different, uh, jobs that they're doing. So, um, and then, and then there are, you know, there's spirits then that tend the trees. So there's, you know, there's the tree spirit itself, but then there may be other spirits that are connected with it that are, um, helping to take care of that tree or working with that tree in some way. So yeah, it's really, um, again, so many layers all kind of happening at one place. Um, have you ever read the book? What is it? The secret life of plants? or whatever. Have you read that? Are you, about, oh, or do you, are you familiar with that? I might have read it years ago, but I can't remember the detail. Yeah. Well, so I just, um, I just got finished doing my yoga teacher training and our instructor is amazing. And he recommended all these just amazing books. Like one of them oh, awesome. is the hidden messages of water, which is about a scientist who, you know, did all, did these photographs of water and, and how, you know, speaking to the water differently made a difference on, mm -hmm. on water crystals. Familiar with. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> amazing. 
Um, And then the other one was the sacred life of plants. I think that's what it's called or something to that effect. And, and just how plants communicate to each other and how um, there was like this famous story of um, basically like two ferns and long story short was uh, this doctor scientist had um, put a lie detector test on uh, the fern and could, and it would react. Yeah. And so <laughs> they did this, this experiment where like they had, uh, I don't know, like 10 police officers and they came in and they blindfolded, folded them and they gave, gave them a piece of paper. And on one, one, only one or two of, I guess just one guy or two guys, I can't remember. One of them had one on the piece of paper. It said to go and, um, destroy the fern on the right. Oh no. And pull it Poor out of fern. its roots, destroy it. Yeah, no, it's so sad. <laughs> and so the lie detector desk was on the other fern. So so nobody knew who killed the fern <laughs> except for the person who did it, right? So then okay. they let made them leave the room and then one by one they came in and you know the the fern that was that did not die was yeah. would not react. And all of a sudden when the when the police officer came in who had killed the fern on the right, the fern on the left went crazy because he knew which one had killed. <laughs> I mean, just like bad so human, you know. And then That's you're like, ah, amazing <laughs> that, it, that, they, that they were able to do that through the lie detector test. I know, but, and and you yeah. know, just people, I don't know, just don't give enough credit to to all life on the planet. You know, whether it's you know a bird or a cow or a dog or a human or a flower. I mean. You know? Right. And it's, I mean, that's the exact example of, you know, how everyone else is communicating mm-hmm. together differently than we are. And yeah. so we have assigned, you know, some type of sentience to all these yeah. other beings because they can't speak in language to us, yeah. but they are speaking all the time and right. communicating all the time. And so, yeah, when your mind opens to that and you realize what's going on and you realize how much information and you know knowledge and right. wisdom is held by all of these beings yeah it, it starts to be really hard to it's really <laughs> hard and then, out by that i mean i've always considered myself a tree hugger and now i'm like right. an even crazier tree hugger right. you know like no! no don't do it no i mean and what happens like when people go into a forest and just like tear down all the trees you know yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's devastating. And a lot of, if you are sensitive to energy, you've probably yeah. felt places that have been, you know, chopped down and um, decimated in that way. And it's, right. you know, it's really interesting because on the one hand, um, so I live in a, you know, a densely forested area that was logged at some point and then replanted with really what's a monoculture, right? So we look at it from a distance and we're like, oh, it's a beautiful forest. And you're like, well, it's not native and it was, it's too densely planted and it's a fire hazard in many ways and so you know the trees here what i notice they're very aware and conscious of the concept of like for the health of the forest right so when i go out and have a conversation about hey we're going to have to do some thinning and you know a lot of these trees aren't healthy and you know that type of thing they completely understand that and and you can have a conversation about you know this is what's going to happen um you can pull up your energy um because you you know you know that's what's going to happen tomorrow or whatever the case may be and so you can kind of talk through and and have those conversations Mm -hmm. but yeah when something is just absolutely you know clear-cut or bulldozed and the 
the earth is destroyed as well, not just, you know, the tree and, and, and plant life. Get run over and animals, yeah, exactly. You know, bird nests, all of these yeah. different things. And it really does, you know, this is a lot of what we experience now when we go out in nature and we think nobody's talking to us is a lot of those spirits withdraw when that happens in those areas. And it took me quite a while here when we first moved here to kind of like encourage everything to, you know, wow. come out and speak to me again. And it's, you know, in some cases there will be energies that have very specific, you know, they're angry at humans or they're, you know, they're mad about something that happened, but usually it's just that they've withdrawn and they're just like, you don't care about us. I don't, don't want to deal about with you. you. Yeah. yeah. We're going about uh. our business. And so, yeah, it can take some kind of talking, convincing, or sometimes when I'm working with properties specifically, I have to say, well, the people who did that don't live here anymore. And now yeah. there's new people that live here and they want to work with you. And then they're mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, some, it's just a process sometimes of, um, you know, of going through that. But, um, but yeah, they do, they very much, they understand that kind of um, a healthy ecosystem and a healthy environment and um, mm-hmm. how, how that happens, how it comes to be. Yeah. So how do you know when a place, you know, needs healing? I mean, you can just feel it. Yeah. Or they communicate or, or what? Yeah. I, it's a little bit of everything. Sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it's things, and I, I would guess that everybody has felt this or experienced it at some point, right? Like going into mm-hmm. a house or a building or just being on yeah. a piece of land and thinking to themselves, like, I kind of feel nauseous or yeah. I don't like the feeling of this. I, it, feels it feels weird, spooky, yeah. creepy, mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah. I mean, those are all like, those are telepathic communications coming into your body, right? You're, yeah. you're receiving that information. So if you come across that, you know, you can ask to speak with the keeper of the land, that spirit can come, you can say what's happening here, what's going on. Um, and, you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll show you and tell you uh, what's needed in a certain place, because I also don't assume it, you know, it's just like everything else with like humans rushing in and assuming we yeah. know what's right. You know, like I'm yeah. not, I don't show up and say this feels bad and I'm going to fix it. Right. It's really mm-hmm. important to um, work together with the energies that are present in a place and say, you know, what's needed because sometimes they will say like, we've, we're working on this and this needs time. It doesn't need any human intervention right now. Mm. And so we need to respect that, that, you know, we're not the only ones involved mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> we have a big ego. So we do. <laughs> we do. So, um, so yeah, so that's one way. And then, um, otherwise it really is sometimes just tuning into the, um, to the energy of the place. It's, um, you know, it's very similar to how you might do a shamanic healing or, you know, any kind of energy healing where someone will scan your energy, right. And kind Mm -hmm. of say like, Oh, I sense a, you know, something out of balance here or whatever. And it's kind of the same way I'm scanning the energy, um, of a place and seeing what, what feels, you know, better or worse. And then really just kind of asking through, you know, what's happening here, what, what is needed in this place. When you go into these places, do you, is it internally asking or are you verbally speaking it or is it like a feeling, you know? It's internal for me. So, um, you know, I, I do a couple of different things. I will initially sit with my eyes closed and just tune into the energy and kind of ask for that information to come in. And it'll be, um, I usually get some pictures, um, some, um, just specific words or information. And then I do a lot of automatic writing. So I will sit with my notebook and just like let the information come through that way. And then once I'm aware of kind of like, oh, okay, here's what needs to be done. Um, 
you know, then it's back kind of internally to doing that. If there's actual healing, a lot of times I'm like moving my hands around and mm-hmm. um, using crystals, using, you know, nice. um, stones, that type of thing. Um, and physically, you know, moving the energy, um, however I'm being shown to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is like one of the most profound, I don't know, pieces of, pro- or, you know, land that you've been on that needed healing? Like what, what's the craziest story? Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> um, one, you can pick so, a couple. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Like one of the ones that, and it's, what's funny sometimes is that I have to think through like, how am I going to explain this? I hope they, <laughs> I hope they believe like, this kind of stuff. And probably if you're hiring me, you do, but I just, some of them are so outlandish that uh, like, I wouldn't believe it if they didn't, <laughs> like, I couldn't make it up. We all have open <laughs> minds here. We all have open minds here. <laughs> I, just, I just laugh sometimes. I'm like, I hope the, I hope this makes sense. Um, <laughs> so I did a, um, a reading and a healing for a place that the house had burned down. Mm-hmm. And the family was rebuilding, but they were a little concerned about, um, it was kind of mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Luckily, nobody was home and no one was, was injured. Um, but they weren't really sure what had happened or what energetically was going on there. And what I found was they, their property was right along a river and right on the other side of the river, which was not their property, there was an enormous like interdimensional portal. So, um, and these, I mean, these are places where um, the energy is right for uh, beings from other places, not on earth can come into this plane. And so, um, which again is also very different than we've all been told, right? We all think we're going to see a flying saucer, right? Right. But it's, it's just like everything else. It's just in another, it's vibrating in another dimension. So you may Mm. not see it. Um, and so that wasn't all that surprising to me, <laughs> this giant portal there. What was surprising is that the being that came forward to explain about the fire mainly showed me it was almost like kids playing with matches, but it was like star being kids, <laughs> like what? messing around in some way energetically that caused the house to catch on fire. And they were very sorry and very distraught that they had caused this damage. Wow. <laughs> but it was, was an like, accident. They oh did it gosh, It was an accident. And I'm like, I have to tell people that <laughs> um, aliens burned their house down. Like how? <laughs> I, oh I, I didn't even know this was possible. <laughs> You're like, wow, this is a new level now. We've right? gotten to a new level. <laughs> I'm not really sure about this. So yeah, I come across things like that sometimes where I'm just like, I mean, if you would have asked me beforehand, I would have said, probably not possible, right? <laughs> probably not happening. Um, but they just like showed it. They showed me pictures of kind of like what had happened and basically were like, yeah, they've, um, they got in really big trouble for that. <laughs> so, um, How did the family yeah, react was, when you told them this? They, well, first of all, they were just like, yeah, we were pretty sure there was a portal there. We have noticed, we've seen like energies moving around, like that's no not a surprise. Um, and what? Uh, yeah, and there was some specific work that they wanted to kind of protect that, the the um, spirits there wanted to kind of protect that energy and make sure that very much more, you know, high vibrational beings were using it. Um, yeah. 
And so I kind of gave those, them those instructions as to what needed to be done to um, kind of protect from that type of thing happening in the future. But, um, but yeah, they, they were open to it. They believed it (laughs) that they told me. Um, And yeah, yeah. I mean, are there some energy portals where not so good beans come out? I mean, Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think those are the stories we hear that scare us, right? Yeah. And I, this is so common and it's what I deal with a lot is people's fear, really, because we've all watched the horror stories. We've all been told scary things, right? Like everyone has been told to be afraid. And the reality is, you know, we're in charge of our own experience. We're in charge, like we decide who comes and goes from our house. We decide who interacts with, you know, our bodies or not. And we absolutely have the control, but we just haven't been told that. Um, and so really the way, the way I understand portals to work is that they just vibrate at a specific frequency. And so depending on, um, what frequency they're vibrating at depends on what kind of energies can use them. And if they're, you know, vibrating at too low of frequency, they can't get in. But, um, a lot of how portals, and these are always the ones, I don't know why they're in closets. They're always seem to be in closets, right? <laughs> like somebody, everybody's always just like, I have this creepy portal in my closet. Yeah, there's weird stuff that comes in while I'm sleeping. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it totally happens. But um, portals can be opened uh, spontaneously, uh, somewhat with the amount of energy that's being um, kind of generated in a home. And so, and even in that, I don't want to scare people that it can, you know, you can just accidentally, you know, open a portal, but people who are in a very, very, um, you know, rough place emotionally, uh, for a very extended period of time, that's where I'll find sometimes things have, um, opened. And then it's, that's the energy that the, that they're, they're attracted to to get in. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it, depending on the portal, some of them can just be closed. They didn't need to be there. They're not serving a purpose. They can be closed. Like that's the end of that, but mm-hmm. some really are serving a purpose. And it's just a matter of going through a process of, um, increasing the vibration, um, in the home and in that room, um, to help ensure that the energies that are moving through it and using it are, um, the kind that you don't mind passing through your house. <laughs> <laughs> that you're not going to be freaked out by. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that totally makes sense. It's like fear attracts fear or whatever, you know, and like scary Absolutely. things. Yeah. If you're in a, if you're in that low vibration, negative space chronically, I mean, it always attracts bad things. I mean, every, and then it, yeah, and then and it seems like more bad things come to you, but you're attracting them sadly, you know? Yeah. And it, it's so, it's such a hard concept to, you know, I can explain it, but in, for people to really embody and really believe that um, I don't need to be fearful. And the problem is, is that, you know, so many people have had actual fearful experiences, right? Like they've had an experience, not just that they think maybe something is scary, like they've had a scary experience. And so to just tell somebody, um, we'll stop being afraid is really hard. And it's really a process for some people to work through, um, you know, standing in their own power, feeling confident that, um, you know, that you really do have the power. And if something comes to you that scares you or that you don't like, or that you're uncomfortable with, you can say, get out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't belong here. Get out. Um, and, and they'll leave, but, yeah. um, you kind of have to go through that process and have that experience. Yeah. What do you think of, um, like haunted houses and ghosts and things like that. Cause I have, a, I've always been fascinated with ghosts since <laughs> I was little. And apparently the house that I grew up in did have ghosts. 
Um, we lived in a, when I was very small, we lived in a, a house that was built in the 1800s and they had several children that died of whatever fever was going around at that time. I can't remember which one it was scarlet fever or something. Um, and so you, I mean, and my parents will say that you, you could hear like children running on the, we had like a really big giant porch and they were like running on the porch. And then you'd look out there and there's nothing there, you know, <laughs> I mean, they weren't mean obviously, but like, right. what is that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's another one of these things in our culture that we don't talk about and that we, you know, we haven't, people aren't prepared for what to do when they die and it's not an instant process. And, um, there are responsibilities that we have when we die and that the people around us have to help us, <laughs> um, die and get where we belong. And so, um, you know, if you look at most indigenous cultures have, um, you know, uh, culture around, you know, maybe it's, uh, you're getting to the land of the ancestors or you're going like there's, it's a process. And so, um, what happens when we don't kind of honor the process and understand, especially for, you know, people die, um, either unexpectedly or very quickly yeah. is you lose your body, but you, your consciousness continues, right? right. Like it's, it's, the clearest way to see how consciousness is not attached to our body. And so mm -hmm. in many places, they're just continuing to live out their lives without completely realizing, oh, I'm repeating the same thing or I'm never leaving mm. the house or, you know, that type of thing. And so really, um, they're just, they need to get all the way, you know, as we say, right to the other side or going to the light or, you know, however, um, you want to, you want to think of it, but, um, really leaving the earth plane and, um, you know, getting back to source energy. And so, um, a lot of times it's just having a conversation and letting them know that they have transitioned and then they're like, Oh, Oh, now that, you, now that you mention it. Yeah, yeah, I've done this day over and over now. Wow. Yeah, things, now that you mention it, I, I noticed that some things, you know, a little strange. Some very much know what happened and they, but they just don't know like how to, how to the get there. Yeah. Yeah. And so journey. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so usually that's, and this is another thing that helps us kind of remove some of this fear is like, these are just humans like you and me is so if somebody's kids, somebody's yeah. parents, somebody's sibling, um, that just needs a little bit of help. They're not, it's like the teeniest, tiniest minority that like are here and they don't want to leave. And no, even I want, <laughs> I have been saying ever since I've been an adult now, I'm like, I want to meet a ghost. Like I'm not afraid at all. Like I want to, like, why are they not coming to me? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they can, and I, yeah. you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a process that I teach people how to do as well as, you know, also you want to make sure that your energy is protected when you do that, because, um, spirits who have not crossed over and finished that process, um, they are no longer getting energy from source. Like we are when we're in a body. And so, um, in order to con continue existing in this plane, they have to get their energy from somewhere. And that's usually a living human being by, you know, that's an attachment spirit that you hear of. And so again, it's usually very rarely, is it malicious in any right. way? It's just like, this is, this is my option. <laughs> this is what I have to do to stay here. I'm just going to um, follow you around, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I always say, Hey, it's your house. You can do whatever you want, but it yeah. isn't particularly healthy to keep, you know, disembodied spirits no. hanging around because, be weird. you know, they're, um, they need to get their energy from us. And, mm -hmm. 
you know, that's a drain on our energy. So mm -hmm. um, I always want to make sure people understand, like making sure your energy is very much protected so you can interact with them, have a conversation, but they're really, um, you know, don't have access to your energy when you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And you've, you've experienced some of those, like dealing with properties that have Oh yeah. Ghosts and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Some have many, many, many ghosts. Wow. Well, and also, yeah, like indigenous people. I mean, I, you, you were talking about the indigenous people and things like that, but some of them are not necessarily lost. They're just here on purpose. Is they're here, yeah. yeah. They're here to assist. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I call the kind of separate them by calling them ancestor spirits is that, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, they've, because after you've crossed over, you can come back, you can hang around, you can help, you can, you yeah. know, um, pop in, you know, now and then, uh, however you'd like to assist. And so these energies are very much here and it could just be like a fragment of their energy, not all of them. Um, but they, they want to continue, um, working and assisting, um, with the land that they tended and loved and worked on yeah. as, um, you know, in their human form. When, when you look at, like you live in Montana, which is obviously there's a lot more forest and <laughs> uh untainted land then you know you go to more urban areas and whatnot like in the urban areas as far as like energy goes is it is it less because we've you know demolished the forest and kind of um i don't know yeah like created more havoc and more distress you know from yeah. like building these vast cities that you know there's like nothing natural left we have like the most pristine weird parks and you know overly landscaped and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah there is no less energy or spirits in the, okay. <laughs> in the city or the suburbs it's really yeah. and that's why i tell oh, people well. all the time no matter where you live there's earth beneath you yeah um and there's energy there there may be again a lot more layers if you're dealing with say like an apartment complex or something mm. you know there's um you know every single apartment has its own energy and then you also True. have the energy you know of the earth itself you have the energy of the building um and so mm. and i think a lot of people probably can connect or understand that as well like feeling the energy of a building itself yeah. um and mm. so certainly like homes and houses buildings all have kind of spirits and energies in that way um and but definitely um there's a lot of areas I find it more in the suburbs for some reason. And maybe it's just because it's more recent that, you know, mm. the, um, the work has happened, but yeah. definitely where spirits and ancestors will come forward and say, well, they messed everything up yeah, or they scraped it all clean or the river doesn't flow the way it's supposed to anymore. And like, they have a lot of opinions about that and, and want to kind of work on some of those energies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, especially with like a newer area. But I mean, that's yeah. just, it's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what is on your, right? Like you do readings for properties and what does that, what does that entail? You just go and yeah, yeah it's all done remotely. I do it on my own partially because also like um, I was explaining, you know, I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed and writing and doing things. And yeah. So I do it on my own. And then um, when I'm done, I actually record a video for whoever, um, whoever it is to really explain here's who showed up. Here's what happened. Here's the healing wow. work I did, all of that. Um, so you're not just like watching me telepathically communicate, <laughs> 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 trying to understand what they're yeah. showing me. Um, and yeah. And so it's just a matter, um, 
you know, people usually have a specific question that they're wanting or a specific issue that they're aware of. Um, yeah. You know, there's lots of energies that are um, that are present in in homes that um, that need some extra TLC. Yeah, and you have a podcast as well. So, I do. It's called yeah. the Earth Keepers. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> And you talk about all of these kind of subjects. So, oh, yes. All this yeah. and more. Nothing's too weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so eye-opening and I have learned so much. Um, I'm excited to, I don't know, next time I'm outside, try to channel some of this, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Go put your hand on a tree and. Oh, <laughs> I do ask, that all the time. <laughs> I share something with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally yesterday we were riding bikes and like every tree I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at that tree. Oh my gosh. I love trees. So. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Peace and plants. crazy stuff, right? It's just nuts how we're so out of touch with earth, you know, light years away from where our ancestors were. And I've talked about this before, right? How we're so disconnected to mother earth, you know, with our technology and just our way of life and society. And many of us are aware of this, but I don't think we recognize just how much but hopefully this will inspire you to try to tap into that a little more. It certainly has inspired me. And there's just so much that we don't know and that we've lost. But that doesn't mean that we can't find it again. Be sure to check out Amy's podcast, The Earth Keepers. She also leads the Earth Tenders Academy, which is an immersive online journey to help others reestablish their connection with their an ancient ancestors learn to communicate with the seen and unseen forces in their environment and respectively offer their healing energy to places in need. I love it. Our earth needs, certainly needs more of that and needs more people who recognize the necessity of healing the earth and treating the earth and its spirits with respect. So with that, I will leave you. Thank you for being you and being the light worker and the light that this world needs more of until next time my lovely friend peace and plants